the trousers off. <laughs> Welcome to Funny Looking, a podcast that is here to discuss comedy. Uh, my name's Pete Jones, and with me is the brains of the operation. Yeah, of course. It's just my Mr. My kitchen table. I'm not really the brains. I provide the uh, the surface. So, Gav, what to you is the aim of the podcast? What are you looking to achieve with this? Right, this is Funny Looking, and it, the clues in the title: actively looking for the funny. It's an absolute celebration of uh, the bravest of the brave. Uh, the fewest of the few, the boldest of the bold, the uh, magnificent, those who will step out and they will try and make you, Pete Jones, laugh. I don't deserve it. They will stand there naked. They will stand there bearing their souls to you. They will stand there with their material or just their genius and they'll say, judge me, but please laugh with me. And that's what we want to be doing. I want to laugh with them. But at the same time, are we going to critique them, Gav? I know you don't like criticising people. Actually, no, I'm just imagining them, them standing there all naked at the minute. I haven't, moved on. I haven't moved on from that. Yeah, I, it, it's, um, it's about following what's happening, seeing lots of live uh, comedy, talking about what uh, what's big at the moment. Um, I don't feel that I'm qualified enough to say what is good or not. I can talk about what I find funny. But um, uh, who am I to judge, as I say, the bold, the beauty of an idiot, the clown that will stand there and who will weep their tears of jokes? They will say, please, please, I am trying my hardest. And we we will celebrate them. What about you? You're, you're quite cynical, though, Pete I'm, Jones. I am very cynical. I like mostly about your introduction is just how yeah. incredible you've made us sound. It, essentially, yeah, yeah. it's two men in a kitchen with a microphone yeah. talking about comedy and recommending good stuff. Yep. Maybe saying stuff's not great. Yep, things, things we've seen, making the effort to go out and watch uh, comedy because it's big at the minute, it's everywhere. It's bloody everywhere. And also digging stuff out from the archive and CBBs. Yes. Yeah, basically, <laughs> basically um, uh, looking at your tube uh, and finding all of that stuff that people have put out there uh, for our joy, uh, but also digging around the old DVD pile, um, maybe finding some uh, hidden gems at the back of a dusty cupboard of comedy. Right. Let's get on with it. <laughs> This episode of Funny Looking, we have watched something on the TV. Yep, Sarah Millican's television programme started this week for us. We've been out to see some comedy. Oh, we're so cutting edge. We went to see the opening night of the Invisible Dot uh, New Wave Tour. Not that they noticed. <laughs> We've watched something a bit left field. Yeah, we in- I've introduced uh, some very good people to the treats that is to be found on CBBC. We met some lovely people. And drunk a lot of lovely old grey tea. <laughs> and finally we dug out something from the archive and because I would like to uh, remind everybody that what a national treasure Joe Brand is who uh, recently was the hero of the uh, NHS Cuts rally in London Joe Brand to finish this our first podcast 
So this week saw the start of Sarah Millican's television programme on BBC Two at 10 o'clock on Thursday. Millican, of course, won the Best Newcomer at the 2008 Edinburgh Festival Fringe. Gav, what did you think? Did she come second? No, she won it. That's what mm. Wikipedia told me. Oh, uh, well. well. What did I think? Um, I love Sarah Millican. I do. I um, All of her... I think she's that strong voice in comedy of the now that, that I really enjoy seeing. All of the panel show appearances that she's done. I really enjoy following her on Twitter. Um, bits and pieces of her stand-up that I've seen on um, uh, the Comedy Road show. And certainly through... That programme I really enjoyed. I think she's got a really individual voice. I think she's got um, her her own voice. I think she's almost um, kind of anti-celebrity. She is what I want my daughter to be looking at because she's the writer of it. She's the author of it. She's the owner of it. She is working her way at it. And over the last couple of years, she has then got to this point now where she's launching a new series. And what's the judge of a good... Pete Jones was the judge of a good comedy programme. Did you laugh, Gav? I laughed out loud. I kind of feel like she... I, I agree with what you're saying about her. She she is somebody I, who came across as very likeable, but at the same time, I feel like everything enjoyable was the bit which weren't the big set pieces, which weren't the bit that were forced for the primetime audience. And when she's putting on a stupid camera on her head or chatting at men <laughs> in a bar... made me laugh! I know, I know. Did it? Yeah, it did make me laugh. Just... Calling up your dad on Skype, I mean, you know, probably a posh line, but calling up your dad and then putting a ridiculous hat on, it it did make me laugh. I agree with you, some of the set pieces were, right, okay, put it this way, you know, sadly, to get by, you've got to appeal to idiots, yes? You've got to be, you you introduced her as mainstream, and what do the mainstream know? The mainstream read tabloids and watch EastEnders. Okay, so so how edgy she dropped a spunk joke bomb within two minutes. I think we should avoid that. A phrase milky, <laughs> she dropped a milky drink joke in her introductory line. So yes, there were some set pieces and some quite Graham Norton esque bit bits to it, but. Look at how how you can tell when she was improvising. You can tell all of that engaging stuff straight to camera, straight to audience. All of the off the cuff stuff, um, all of her stand up material, I, I think was to me was better than a, a number of the more mainstream popular male stand ups that we 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 see a lot of at the minute. It was good to see Chris Packham on the TV. I don't think <laughs> I don't think we got yeah. enough of grumpy Chris Packham. Why he? I don't think he got the message that it was a comedy show. He was really grumpy. And if anyone is going to reference uh, Jesus and Mary Chain and have a quiff like that, I'm sorry. Get back to your your crunchy brown leaves and squirrels. And, um, <laughs> Michaela Strachan next time. No, I enjoyed it. I think I think what what it was it was a really above. Above the level Radio Four six thirty pitch in structure, which which was converted perhaps into TV, I think as a vehicle for her. It's her first vehicle. Um, it, it, you know, she needs to bed in on telly. Um, the, the more of her voice. I mean, she can't come out and do a straight Michael McIntyre. Uh, this is my act approach because that's been done she'll be accused of being derivative so it's about hanging it on different hooks i think 
Uh, you, you know, I love a bit of effing and jeffing. <laughs> not in the podcast. Though. She no, not in the podcast. We have a rule. I must apologise for my earlier reference to spunk, uh, but it was uh, in reference to uh, Sarah Millican's material. Um, I mean, this week on Radio Four, Stephen K. Omos started his Life's an Idiot's Guide. Life of an Idiot's Guide. It's very similar structure. Let's find a theme to hang some material off. That's what what this was. Um, I, I, I probably like you. Um, bizarrely, could do could have done without the uh, the scene with the sex therapist, as lovely as she was. Tracy Cox. Tracy Cox. Fun, funny name. Good. good yeah, part. yeah. That 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 felt a bit forced. But first show, first gig, BBC Two, and there's, I think there's a reason that it's on BBC Two. It's given her a chance to kind of like get get into this big world of telly. And I think in a couple of years' time. It, She'll be she'll be up there on Friday night. Wonderful. So it's on every Thursday the next few weeks, ten o'clock, BBC Two. And she's one of my favourite favourite people to follow on Twitter. Um, and I think I think I mean she gets very angry with people criticising her. Have you noticed that, Peter? And she gets, in fact, she gets quite upset, uh, especially people who don't really have the right to criticise. As I've said, the bold and the brave who'll stand there in front of two million people, uh, and that's not what I've got, Sarah Millican. That's Pete Jones. Pete, Pete. <laughs> Bring it, Millican. Bring it. Anyway, so we went out recently to see some comedy, I think they call it. Yes, that's the plan. Go and see the live stuff as well as watch it on the telly box. And we saw the Invisible Dots New Wave Tour, which featured Nick Mohammed, who is a character-based comedian. Yep, Sheeps, uh, who are a sketch comedy group. Uh, who I'd seen previously do an hour-long show. And Johnny Sweet. The way we're doing this back and forth is very radio DJ, but I like it. Johnny yeah. Sweet, who did yeah. more of an introduction, an educational presentation, I thought. But Do you know what the best bit about the night... You know, the comedy, we'll talk about the comedy in a bit, but the best bit about the night... We took some friends with us, didn't we? Oh, we took some, some lovely people. Mainly because I'm only doing this because Gab is married to my boss. That is correct. So. And, and I, I, I need more friends. So I, I grow friends through fear. And uh, here's one of my new friends, uh, Claire. Hello, Claire. Hello, Gab. Hello, Pete. Thanks for having me. It's great. It's great <laughs> to now, be here. Uh, already there's all the in-jokes there. And again, this is the misogyny uh, and, and sexism of Pete Jones that came out on the night, which frankly... Uh, surprised and disgusted me. Uh, anyway, uh, we did a bit of a um, um, location recording. It's a bit of an experiment. The first, the first record we did was uh, was a bit crackly, so bear with us. Uh, we're going to give you a little bit of extracts from a couple of the comedians we heard, and then we'll come back with with a few uh, few pointers. Hit it. <laughs> no, I'm cutting that. Radio DJ. <laughs> On our first road trip, Peter Jones, uh, funny looking, a podcast is out on the road. Where are we going? We're going to go see uh, some stand up. Yeah. Well, that's pretty bloody obvious. You dragged me out. I am not an outgoing person. For, uh, for a fan of comedy, I actually am a misanthrope. And you brought me out of my house midweek. We're going to see who? Sheeps. Sheeps. I've seen Sheeps before. Very um, funny. Johnny Sweets. Johnny Sweets. Johnny Sweets, great. We're actually here at your on your recommendation. No, you're not. Well, you invited us, and I said I'd seen him before. Well, I, that's not. It was quite, a coincidence. Remember it. Uh, Sheeps have been a bit sheepish, though, haven't they? Oh, Jesus. Oh. Oh. 
And that's the end of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but we lifted the pun ban just for that. Now, you've made some comments, Peter Jones, about my wife. And here we are. Having, <laughs> Did you hear about having, that? Having to accept puns from uh, your guest. I've got two guests. I've got... Uh, Who's we got? Stephen Oates to my left. Yeah, yeah. Claire to my right. Hello. And here we are in uh, just a pain, achingly trendy uh, Death Institute bar. We're going to go down the road to the John Thor Theatre. What an actor John Thor is. We're going to see Sheep's Nip, Muhammad, and Johnny Sweet. Morse. Morse? Inspector Morse. Morse. It is there. No, he's not on tonight. Lewis is on the Right, your task, people, is that afterwards we're going to just squash that joy into a five-minute summary of what we're seeing. This is live. We're out there. I can't believe I've come out of the house. <laughs> what are you looking forward to getting out of tonight? A lot. Friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's looking after your kids, Gav? Oh, shit. Shit. <laughs> China, bollock, 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 nasus dish in Italy. Fuck, 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 fucking hell, Denmark is cool. You little cunt, you better Good evening. Well, snow falling across the UK, crow snarling across the bouquet. Certainly not normal, almost coming as a big surprise. Implied question, how long is this going to last? Well, here... We actually have no idea. However, the voice, smile and the hand gesture really do make it look like a real science and certainly suggest we're trying our utmost hardest as if we can. So we've just come out of the first ever funny-looking trip out to a comedy show. Gav, did you have fun? I did. I laughed. That's what I was about. What, it was a lovely. What a lovely. I come out feeling quite uh, refreshed. New wave. They did great. I don't know what that means. That was a good show. It was a nice show. Sheeps, um, 20 minutes. I missed the rest. I'd seen them do an hour. Uh, yeah, a, a good choice. I missed Splay. Anybody who's seen Sheeps will no, understand. I just think that I think the Sheeps ended up uh, a bit of a victim of two things. One, that they started, yeah. um, and two, that they were late, so that they were rushed as well. They and were I think rushed. There was, for, they, for two they, yeah. reasons... Um, I'd definitely go and see them again because I'd heard a lot about them before and maybe they'd not... The coolest thing they did was not reference on stage the fact that we were late. They didn't apologise. They didn't need to do that. No apologies required. They didn't need to do that. We've already talked about, mentioned going to see them again in Leeds with a completely different line-up. Yeah, early May. The whole tour is is revolving, so... And a quick bonus. Tim Key was there and he did laugh. Oh, Tim Key. What a man. Gorgeous. Uh, Wilco, what did you think? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it's good. Well, that's been confirmed. <laughs> what about your uh, kids? That they... Oh, shit, my kids. Who's got my kids? Oh, I'm out of here. That was a bit ramshackle, wasn't it? It was ramshackle, and that's funny. Again, but I'd like to, to assure you my kids are fine. Um, well, actually, they're, they're plainly damaged in many ways. Me being their father, but um, I, you know, I love the insightful view there of Wilco because it was funny. He's, 
I wish he was here now, to be honest, because well, we'd be cutting through the bullshit. Better than that. We do Cheers, ha- guys. We do have Claire. Claire has joined us, and she has forgiven you for the random misogyny. No, uh, I haven't. No. I uh, well, that's something to work through off, uh, off air, off the podcast. Uh, I, I prefer to do it on air right now, actually. Well, that's a whole different podcast. <laughs> that we're I told you we shouldn't have girls in the pod. I told <laughs> you. Well, we are a warm and embracing family here on Funny Looking, and Claire is with us. Uh, uh, Claire, did you enjoy your trip out with us? I had uh, such a lovely time, guys. Uh, I particularly love sheeps. sheeps I'm going to say great. that again. Absolutely brilliant. And I wanted, and you're right. I wanted to see more than twenty minutes. Um, well, how uh, you know? On reflection, they are. They really, I think the boldness of the statement, the new wave. Uh, you've got um, uh, sheeps who are just building this momentum. Um, they've got some fantastic characters, and they've got real confidence. Uh, Nick Mohammed, who you know you recognise from um, a lot, a lot of little sketch, a lot of sketch programmes uh, across uh, BBC. He's had his own radio show. Uh, Johnny Sweet, soon to be seen as part of Chickens, the uh, Channel Four pilot, which had two of the members of the Inbetweeners uh, in it because uh, he was part of that that troupe, and which has been picked up as a full series by Sky. So I think we've seen them before. They're, who are they going to replace? Oh, I have no idea. I just, I'm, I'm still thinking about the Jack Daniels character <laughs> that uh, Sheeps did. Sheeps did a fantastic skit with Jack Daniels. <laughs> um, oh, if you could have been there, I want to show you hair babies. <laughs> what, fan, what, what? They, um, they reminded me of the goodies in a kind of way. Or was that because one of them was from Yorkshire? Spit. Bad reference for us there. Oh, and this is where we we have one of the interesting uh, aspects of funny looking is that I am an old man. I'm 26. I'm 27. And the older woman. Yeah. And I'm 40. But my kids thought Claire was 36 earlier. Um, um, I, I, and I think that our cultural references are very different. I think we're going to find different things funny. And that's all right. That's fine. I think that's the way it should be. No, um, I, I'm actually, because I'm 40, believe that I know uh, when things are right and when other people are wrong. It comes with the confidence of age. And because I'm 27 and a woman, I believe I'm right. So many jokes there. All of the time. But as a, as a product, of the, product of the 80s, I'm very politically correct. So, Pete, do you want to wrap up this section with something vaguely sexist or racist? No, thank you, Gav. (laughs) (laughs) Well, dear listener, for this next part of Funny Looking, I'd like to... First, I want you to join us. Picture the scene. There's a a 40-year-old man. That's me. He's got two lovely children, one's seven, one's three. Yeah. His wife has left him for for the weekend. weekend. (laughs) And he's roped in. One of her employees, yes. who has in turn roped in the girl he is seeing. <laughs> oh God. Another what great a, introduction. Yeah, what a beautiful phrase. Claire's still with us. She hasn't, <laughs> she hasn't left the podcast, or Pete, surprisingly, in the... Uh... We've just had a beautiful dinner. Let's get back to the scene, guys. Yeah, Let's okay. stop slagging Pete off. He's Sorry. a good guy. A beautiful dinner, chicken, chorizo, yeah. potatoes. Yeah. All having a lovely time. Chorizo. Shh, don't ruin the scene. Don't cheap it. And then we sit down for some cheesecake. What do we watch? We can't watch Sarah Millicum because Claire didn't find it very funny at all. <laughs> and there was too many spunk jokes for the kids. Yeah. So what do we do? We stick CBeebies on. Of course we do. And there is where we find comedy gold. And this is exactly what we're trying to do 
on Funny Looking is to take you to the places. You know, it's not all about going to the comedy store and watching BBC Three. Thank the Lord. Sometimes you can find the funniest things. Right, and this is where I think, because um, uh, I brought this one to the table. I say I've got kids. I've kids for quite a long time now, um, and um, I have to do that thing. You know, the classic childcare model is to put the telly on, and now and again you'll sit down and you'll find something. And this is a bit of a gem. Now, I think there's this really interesting thing happening on children's television. There's this, uh, because, of course, I am uh, middle class and rather liberal, um, as a Guardian reader, one of the recommended comedy acts in the guide today was a comedian called um, uh, William Andrews, who you who's just kind of throwing up this storm in, in London at the minute. But... You will also find him on CBeebies. You'll find him in a sketch show. I'm sorry, I've lost my head, uh, which which has a better quality of comedy than a numerous sketch shows that you'll watch more mainstream. You've got Horrible Histories, which is just brilliant, brilliantly written, uh, brilliantly characterised. Uh, CBeebies, you've got Gigglebiz, which is <laughs> fantastic. You're laughing so that. I'm like I am not. Gigglebiz is the fast show for the under five. Gigglebiz was also a name we nearly called this podcast, wasn't it? Not at <laughs> all. Justin, I would <laughs> never impinge on the, the the realm that is Justin Fletcher, and there there are many many um, men and women who like me bow down to the comedy majesty that is Justin Fletcher. But what I brought to the table uh, tonight was Oogly's. It was a wonderful thing. There was five of us sat round, ranging in age from three to 40, gigging away like idiots. Right, let's have a little listen to some Oogly's. Attention all humans. The stunts you're about to witness have been performed by trained Oogly's. Under no circumstances should children or silly adults attempt to do any of the actions you see in the programme. No sparks were heard during the making of this warning. And really, you need to see it to believe it. Um, it's on CBeebies all the time, so you can just um, just iPlayer it probably, or get on YouTube because there's a full episode on there. And basically, it is itchy and scratchy. It is. Um, it's stop motion animation, plasticine style, with those little oogly eyes that gives it the name, the oogly googly eyes. Uh, but it, but it's more than that, isn't it? It's because the main themes of every little skit is basically sex and death. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. It's so Freudian. It's, it's all dead. Please don't add layers of intelligence because we we're not going to cope with this. But it is this. It is it's it's um, it's Woody Allen it, or through. It, it, it's these romances that end in absolute violence. There's a sinister bin trying to eat everything. <laughs> there's a pizza slicer scaring the living daylights out of me when I go home at night. And then there's this beautiful, beautiful pair of strawberries that end with 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 one of the strawberries always dying, squished. And crushed, which of course made my three-year-old uh, and myself giggle uh, out of our pants. <laughs> <laughs> so, Oogly's, catch it, watch it, because otherwise that last few minutes of us talking about household objects falling in love will sound like You've got to ramblings of the madmen. And, 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 and it is mad. <laughs> So obviously during the brainstorming session where we came up with this very 
secure it's concept. It's amazing the amount of effort that's gone into this um, shambles. <laughs> we decided that we and our friends aren't very interesting a lot of the time. No. So you should go out and meet some people, pester them, annoy them, talk to them, find out some interesting things. Yeah, just sit down and have some chats with people who are making comedy and find out what, what, what drives them, what they find interesting, uh, what their process is and... Uh, and a little bit about, like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to ask that standard question, who's your comedy hero? You can do whatever you want, Gaff, because ultimately nobody's listening. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> if you are out there making comedy, get in touch. Yeah. See, this is great. I could do drive time. I'm wasted on this. Yeah, you, you are wasted. <laughs> anyway, who have you met this week, Gav? So I had uh, the absolute delight of sharing a nice cup of tea uh, in a lovely little trendy bar in Liverpool with two of the premier physical comedy theatre companies who are just about to go on tour. Uh, so I'll, I'll let them introduce themselves, uh, but this is my conversation with Toby from Spy Monkey and with Mark from Spike Theatre. So, um, uh, given us the clap. I've given, I've given uh, Spy Monkey <laughs> and Spike the clap. Uh, for our first interview. And you're very welcome to. Um, <laughs> what a treat. It's a delight. And so I'm here uh, with Mark and Toby. Um, uh, as I say, what we decided for the first interview was to only interview theatre companies uh, with a comedic slant beginning with Spur. Um, I was trying to think of some more. Yeah. Uh, no, but there aren't any more. We've done, the, we've done the research. Of, some bands. You don't think this is a shambles, do you? Yeah. <laughs> not a, this is a... I'm sure there must be Sputnik. Yeah. No, no, no. They, 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 they've disbanded now. Uh, no, I mean... A, a Splodge and Spans. Yeah, Splodge and Spans. Yeah, I've got that. That's yeah. the only one. Those are the only yeah. ones I can <clears throat> So we're sitting there having a nice cup of tea. I've had an, an Earl Grey and I'm on the latte now. Yeah. I'm buzzing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm flying. And... Um, Rather exciting. Yesterday I did a workshop with uh, Spy Monkey. You're not interested in that, but I am. And I would advise anybody. And uh, we're going to see uh, Eat a Pussy tonight. Yeah. And in a couple of weeks' time, I shall be going to see Spike's uh, The Games. Not at all uh, cashing in on the Olympics, I hear, <laughs> this year. <laughs> That's right. I mean, definitely not cashing in on the London 2012 Games By, at all. What's, what's your piece about, then? It's about the ancient Olympics. All oh, right. Yeah, and... <laughs> no uh, relation. No relation at all. Apart from London 2012 is coming very soon. Okay. It's actually quite, it's quite surprising how... How few. It's about the only show <laughs> in the cultural Olympics that isn't and that hasn't actually had bucket loads of cash. Yeah, there you go. Splodged on it. Yeah, there you go. Um, that has <laughs> <something to say. laughs> no, I think it's good. I think it's good. Yeah. And and completely <clears throat> unconnected. Eat mm. pussy is based on. Oedipus uh, by Sophocles. Another Greek connection there. Are Another you, Greek are you connection. Shoveling in an Olympic. Well, I was a bit uh, worried. <laughs> I was a bit worried when we started work because as we were rehearsing the show, there would there would be things that would come up. You know, like oh, I know. Let's do let's do a kind of you know physical theatre representation, really rubbish physical theatre representation of all the sports in the Olympic Games. <laughs> so guys, just worked on a show. People going to think. I'm, you know, I only do have anything to do with rubbish sports. Tell us about tell us about um, uh, the games. Uh, well, it's about uh, the ancient Olympics. Um, it's about three complete losers who are selected by the gods Zeus, Hera, and Hercules uh, in a sort of celestial bet 
um, they believe that man is greedy and vain. Um, and they basically pluck these three nobodies, gift them with random things like you can uh, understand animal language and impervious to pain. One of the characters, uh, Hermaphrodite, is a girl, and girls couldn't compete at the ancient games, so Hera gifts her with a penis. And it's they, a gift that keeps on giving. It, absolutely, or it can be taken away, uh, as it is in the show. Uh, and basically, these three losers go to the games, compete, win, and in the end, uh, Zeus medals, takes her penis away, and she... Uh, ends up wearing fruit and conquers the fake penis that's found out and they kind of give their laurels back and really a sort of a tale of uh, friendship really and, and, and love. And Toby uh, co-directed it, co-created it, wrote all the music, made all the funnies and uh, a very talented man to boost. But see, they, they seemed like um, this could have been planned but obviously, yeah, so Spy Monkey is on tour with Oedipus, if we'll ask you about that, but originally you were part of this process. Yes. Yeah, the games. Um, yeah, Mark. Um, in fact, it was after Moby, after we did Moby Dick in Liverpool in two thousand nine. Yeah, and uh, came up to Lancaster, and much to the chagrin of uh, Petra Massey, uh, only wanted to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't like women. She doesn't like women. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and um, so we started thinking about the games, and um, uh, it's, it was it was it was a lot of fun. Actually, it's the first bit of um, first bit of directing that I've ever done. So the games had a life before this tour. This is not the first. It's yeah, that, we made it in two thousand and ten, and so it, it's because it's because it's sort of created collab- collaboratively. Uh, try and get that word out at the time of the morning. Uh, it's. You're, you've got many things, so you're kind of writing, you're trying to stage it, you're trying to find the fun, you're trying to find the, the moments within the piece, you're trying to create music. So you're doing all of this all at once. And I think that's the, the really tricky thing, is kind of juggling all those things uh, whilst trying to keep everybody confident in what they're doing. Um, and so we did an initial tour in 2010, and we did a big, massive rewrite. We went to Edinburgh last year in the summer. We did a big rewrite. Uh, we had two weeks re rehearsal, and we got rid of about a third of the previous show, just because kind of like it was first draft. And you kind of then look at it once you've recorded it, and you kind of go, yeah, it doesn't quite work. You kind of unstitch it. You've made certain decisions to solve certain problems. And often you don't get reflection period when you're making it initially. But you, upon looking at it again, you kind of go, that's not as good as it could be. So we got rid of loads. We added a couple of new scenes and tightened it all up. We did very well in Edinburgh. And, and again, with the re-rehearsal again, we just had, we're not writing this time, which is really good because it means you can just tighten up all the things that you didn't have opportunity when you rewrote it the second time. So, yeah. You're, um, tell us a bit about Edinburgh Pussy because it's actually at its heart. Um, a very tragic story, one of you yeah. know, a big classic. So, yeah. so how you, how do you uh, pick up uh, all the jokes out of Oedipus and stretch well, them out of? It's a fucking funny story. You know, <laughs> the, the, actually, the backstory is the is the funniest bit. So we spend half the show 
telling the backstory and we get no, right we've we've set all of those things up now we can get on with telling the actual story let's have a 20 minute interval right <laughs> brilliant because first half exposition yeah 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 <laughs> so the story of it is basically Oedipus' father Laius is a, is the riding teacher riding instructor for a young prince kind of a, a, a boy basically called Chrysippus uh, who he rapes okay yeah so we do have... We're there, finding the funny. There is, there is paedophile buggery uh, in, in well, uh, simulated. Surely that's a, a selling point. In a funny way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we keep it light, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it is there. It's a tone. Um, I suppose you know what you're going to get anyway with Oedipus. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, so, uh, so he gets cursed by the gods, yeah. uh, who don't find that funny. Uh, and... Um, they say that you know his, his, uh, he, he'll have a son who will kill him and marry his wife, uh, and so to avoid, to avoid that, they try to stop, they try to avoid having sex. So we have a uh, there's a whole big scene about <laughs> I saw trying not to have sex, <laughs> which is very nice. So it's it is it's a very it's full of fantastic comedic moments. You know? Well, with Spy Monkey with. The, Four of us have been working together for a long time, so we know each other very well as performers. We know we know the corners that we're all fighting. You know what, what our uh, I mean, we talk about it as clan characters. Uh, what what our position is within the within our little company, um, and a lot of the comedy comes from basically four of us trying to tell the story as well as we possibly can. Um, so that one is, um, you know, uh, it's basically I tour, I play the young boy, and I tour plays the the layers, uh, and it, he beats me up basically, um, takes me off stage to to rape me, because um, that would we tried it the other way round, and uh, it was interesting, but uh, it would have been shades of Romans in Britain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not a line we wanted to go down. <laughs> and the, um, wrong, the wrong end of publicity. <laughs> or the wrong end of the audience. The wrong hey. end. Yeah. <laughs> hey. um, but but you, you have a... The, the, there's four of you and you've worked together a long time. Yeah. So that's, there's a dynamic there. There's a dynamic there. And really, I mean, it, it, it comes about through trying, kind of trying to do it as well as we can. But because we are always trying to outdo each other in... Kind of for the affections of the audience, there's a there's a sense of competition, and um, that leads us towards good good comedy situations. Really, tell us a bit more about your tours. Where where can people see you and find out about you? And uh, we are on tour until the twenty first of July. Climate, which is a long time, uh, and we're pretty <clears> much <throat> all over the country. Um, if you go on to www.thegame-spikepierce.com, our tour dates are all on there. Uh, you know, all, all the links and stuff are there. But yeah, we're, we're here, there and everywhere. It's really exciting. Like the Olympic tour. We are. <laughs> in fact, cunningly, not a captain on the London 2012 Games at all, we will be at venues mainly on the uh, torturing lake. Uh, you know, it's like it miraculously happened that it's way. It's that magic. <laughs> yeah, it was just fortunate that Amazing, the that. synergy yeah. of two yeah. things coming together. Cool. It's nice of London 2012 like to somebody sort out. thought about that, isn't it? Yeah. 
very strange. <laughs> Who'd have imagined that we had a bunch of clowns yeah. would have a business na- now? Oh, and uh, what about Oedipus? Uh, so Oedipus is this week. Um, <laughs> is uh, the, the playhouse, and the next week we are in uh, the Dukes in Lancaster, and then we're in Leicester at the Curve, and we're in London for two weeks. So there it is. Then the Newbury, Cardiff, Horton, Cornwall, Southampton, and then we finish at Bright Festival, which is where I come from. So oh, he's that's sorted really your dicks. Nice. Hey? You've sorted your dicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that'd be nice. A nice end to the tour. Oh, can I just say that you, you can go to www.spymonkey.co.uk. And both of you have um, have Twitter, uh, very entertaining Twitter feeds as well. Yeah, at spymonkeycomedy. And at spytheatre. Thank you very much, uh, Toby and Mark, uh, Spy Monkey and Spike. Uh, very much looking forward to seeing your work. Really enjoyed chatting to you. And um, uh, thank you, Leaf, because everybody who came up saw us chatting and left. <laughs> they didn't stop very us. Nice. Very nice. Hey, the clap. <laughs> Brilliant. Just been to see Spy Monkey's Eat a Pussy. How did that go for you? Uh, I'm here, first of all, I'm here with Kenny Sutton, who is featuring in Spike's The Games, and uh, Pete's boss, Kathy. Uh, how was Eat a Pussy? Eat a Pussy! It's the show, the show that was full of fun. <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah. I was quite moved. I was moved. I was moved at the end as well. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm definitely going to do the week-long clown um, course yeah. at Spy Monkey Run on their website. I just need to work on Pete's Boss, whether that's going to be in London in November or New York in September. Well, I would suggest it's a push London in November. How about that? Can we not both go to New York when you come with us as well? I- I'd love to go to New York, but uh, who'd have the kids? I could then you sit on Gav does the clown on one day. Don't spoil everything. <laughs> OK, go and see the pussy spy monkey. It's absolutely brilliant. So we're moving into the uh, end of the first podcast. Here's a last little feature from the archive. We hate the name of it, but it stands up for a good thing. You've got the old fashions out, so this could be a bit even more debauched than the start. Absolutely. Um, What we're going to do every week is try and find something old you can watch and enjoy um, and look back on it. Something that may have gone missed at the time, Mm -hmm. or just not enough people know about it. Um, so we have dug out Joe Brown's Like It or Lump It show from 1997, which is on YouTube, the episode we've watched, but also it's being repeated on Gold at the moment. And here's a quick clip. Hit it, Gav. Yeah, nice ironic whistle there. Thanks, mate. Um, hello. <laughs> Now, you can probably see I've made a bit of an effort on this tour to be a little bit more feminine. (laughs) I think you can, can't you, sweetheart? (laughs) No, because I normally wear sort of plain boots, but uh, I don't know if you can see these. I've got nice flowery ones. That's very feminine, isn't it? I'm making the effort because I want blokes to look down and see a lovely flowery meadow coming towards their testicles. Now, this is something that I threw in the pot. Um, it's something I remember watching at the time um, and, and really enjoyed. I've re-watched it. It's just been repeated and is being repeated again on a cycle for gold. Uh, Pete Jones, is the first time that you've seen this? I didn't really laugh very much 
I think that's my main issue with it. <laughs> I, felt, I, I thought the interesting thing about the stand-up was the fact that the Catholic Church and the Tories and the tabloid press were still scum. It's which, amazing, which isn't is it? Which is still apt today. And this was post-Blair government election. There were still jokes about the Tories, about the Catholic Church, yes. But I thought the general shtick about... I'm quite fat and men are wank a lot. Just it didn't really didn't really tickle me, Gov. Well, listen, let me I'm gonna tell you why you're wrong. I'm gonna tell you why this is genius. <laughs> and I'm gonna tell you why Joe Brand is quite rightly becoming a, a national treasure. Uh, and and rightly so. So I as I said, I was I I'm a little bit older than you and I remember the eighties, I remember the, the, the so called move into alternative comedy. I remember going to school and talking about young ones and comic strip. And then of course there was that late eighties and there's a breakthrough of Saturday Live and all of these uh, explosion of club comics. Comedy's supposed to be the new thing, and no, this 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 happens on a regular cycle. And Joe Brand had broken through. She had this uh, particular look and the big hair and the big boots. So, we, but we're talking nineteen ninety seven. So she's like fifteen, sixteen years into her comedy career by now, and she's assured what you're watching. I think has been so replicated since uh, it looks like old hat. Whereas actually, no, she was and is just you know at the the, the top of the game, but. The reason I would think you, we need to watch things like a lumpet is because it's more than just the stand-up. The shtick is she goes to a different town, does a bit of stand-up, does some local stuff. But interspersed between that, there's this brilliant, brilliant... Uh, all, it comes across a semi-improvised story where you have other comedians, still, most of them still working, some of them sadly uh, dead. Uh, you've got Malcolm Hardy, the much, much uh, beloved and lost Malcolm Hardy... Uh, playing uh, the driver, you've got Ricky Grover, Buller as the tour manager, Mandy Knight as the makeup, and the fantastic uh, John Sparks, we don't see enough of from Absolutely as the sound guy, and and Joe Brand as a version of herself. And this was three years before things like The Office, where we got this comedy of embarrassment, where the pauses, the improvised nature, the looks to, to camera, where the, uh, the fake documentary style, it just set that scene. And it was also a little capsule of comedy at that time. Uh, what about those bits, Pete? Did those bits get you? They did. They, they certainly got me a lot more than the, the stand-up shtick. It was nice to see it being filmed in Wolverhampton, obviously, where, where lovely Claire is from. Um, don't do a Wolverhampton accent. She will not like it. She has snapped at me once today already for that. Um, I, I can see your point about the improvised bit. I, I still didn't laugh out loud watching it. I did actually when they fell in that water. When spoiler they threw, alert. There, there is a spoiler alert. And, <laughs> and what I love about that, there's this bit where, where um, um, Ricky Grover's character is possibly broken up with his partner or he's just a fantasist. But, but the fact that they're laughing so much at these jokes, you can see the process of them giggling. You can see the ramshackle, is the word of this podcast, randomness <laughs> of... Um, Malcolm Hardy, who starts, we don't get to see it getting his, he's his, his flashing now. As someone who remembers um, the, 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 the dearly missed Malcolm Hardy, who had set up the Tunnel Club and the Tunnel Palladium in, in South East London, where I'm from, who very regularly would get his um, cock and balls out, magnificent uh, balls out. Um, <laughs> it was just a fantastic, it took me straight back to 10 years to. Uh, to and Malcolm Hardy uh, getting his balls out on uh, Blackheath, uh, which sounds darker and more sinister than <laughs> a- it actually was. It was a joyous occasion. And, and to say, I think uh, Malcolm Hardy died about five years ago, uh, drowning on his way back to 
his houseboat after coming, leaving his pub boat, the Wibbly Wobbly. Um, for anything, it's fantastic to see him uh, on record. But but Joe Brand, she is she is the mainstream. We've got Sarah Milliken. We've talked about her. Joe Brand, she is all over the place. She was on telly tonight. We did watch that earlier with the dancing program. It didn't. It didn't I, I, I mean, she was straight in. With a just a, I laughed actually straight away, and I've recently seen rewatched this series, um, and I know it's a standard put down, um, heckle me again and I'll sit on your face, but it still made me it made me <laughs> laugh, it made me giggle. You laughing now? <laughs> it must be the way you sound. Yeah. Let's let's conclude on this. Um, cock and balls. Uh, comedy program. <laughs> Watch it on YouTube. Um, Watch it on Gold. Um, find it in your generic. Plus box system. I don't know advertising. We should, I mean, maybe we'll get some advertising out of Sky Plus, Virgin Plus, whatever it is. Find it on gold. It's in some obscure time. Put it on series record and give it a go. Joe Brand, like it or lump it. Well, the taxis are booked. The old fashions are nearly finished. Let's nice sound effects there. Professional. Mm-hmm. I think we need to uh, wrap the first episode of Funny Looking Pod up. Big thanks, obviously, to you, Gav. Thanks for letting us into your house. Um, that's fine. Uh, I don't think you should come back. We'll do this via Skype next time. <laughs> now I know how to record audio over Skype. Mr. Technology. Also, thanks to our friends uh, Stephen and Claire, who's been watching this round. Oh, thank you, Claire. She's still in the room. Don't, don't, don't ignore her. Oh, hello. I'm getting very drunk and old-fashioned enjoying myself <laughs> well that that's fantastic <laughs> and, and, and I'd like to personally thank uh, for that insightful view that kind of the razor view of comedy from uh, from Wilco there yeah. your friend Wilco a beautiful man an insightful voice a powerful heart I think and we are booked to come back whether you want us or not with another podcast because we've got some uh, more interviews lined up who are you going to meet, Gav? Uh, famous people. Famous people. Actually, yeah, people you might meet. Um, I've got... Uh, um, we've got Lawrence Clark, who's a fantastic comedian, uh, has agreed to be interviewed. Uh, and also, this week, um, this, it's somebody you might have heard of uh, if you listen to Radio 4, uh, follow comedy, and uh, Arthur Smith. Well, there we go. Big names. Boom. Big podcasting. <laughs> so, uh, as is usual, please... Please tell us what you think, unless you are a troll or have stalker tendencies. Uh, but you do follow us on Twitter, at FunnyLookingPod. And we've got an email address. Uh, I don't really know why we've got it at the moment, but it might become useful one day. FunnyLookingPod at gmail.com. So if you want us to uh, just email you, <laughs> we can do that. We'd like to hear from you. If you're we're northwest based, live at the majestic, the majestic Liverpool. And the slightly less majestic Manchester. We've got some exciting we, well, things we haven't talked about. I've been to see Stuart Lee. I'm going to see Stuart Lee. And we're going to talk about Stuart Lee. And we're both going to see... Daniel Kitson. We should say that together, and that would be a good feature. Well, I was actually going to say Richard Herring. Oh, we are going to see Richard... And <laughs> we're going to see some more comedy. We're going to go and see lots of comedy over the next couple of this months. This is probably the worst bit so far. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks say goodbye, Gav. Yeah, goodbye, Gav. No, oh, no, that's a fucking cliche. I'm not doing that. That's a... no. John Virgo. That was John Virgo on Big Dad, what about your kids? Oh, oh the kids. <laughs> mm.